Hey everyone, welcome to Past Lives and the Divine. I'm Gina, the host of this podcast. And today I have a little behind the scenes, kind of behind the curtain sneak peek for you. And the peek is into the hypnotic arts training. So today I'm sharing a recording of part of a class within the hypnotic arts training. So the context, uh, while this recording is taken out of context, the context is, is that the, this cohort of students moving through the hypnotic arts training right now is just kind of past that halfway point of the training. And around the halfway point of the training, we have covered the foundations, the history, and the tools, skills, knowledge that everyone needs to complete a past life regression session. In addition to learning that in class and listening to demo sessions outside of class, the students are also required to give and receive a session. So my personal belief is that we can learn so much and be so much better at facilitating these hypnotic journeys if we are clearly connected to and familiar with the client experience. And the way you do that is to become a client. So what you're going to hear today is a class where we review a lot of the misconceptions about hypnosis, and then we really dig into tricky scenarios that can happen when you're facilitating a hypnotic session, like someone gets stuck in the black or they're not seeing anything, or they kind of come out of hypnosis because they're being too analytical, too conscious about it. So we really, really dig into that. For hypnotic arts, depending on when the class is, classes are two hours. We also have three hour classes. That's the way we're doing it right now. Three hours seems a little long, so that might be changing. But <laughs> just so you know, um, the recording that I'm going to share is really just kind of taking out that piece where I'm reviewing the common misconceptions, common fears that a client might have, common um fears or things that make a facilitator uncomfortable in the process and we dig into that so i'll be sharing that with you and then if you're interested you can also stay at the end i'm going to give just a high level review of what we teach in the hypnotic arts training so whether you want to be a hypnotist or not i think you're going to like this episode because even if you simply are here because you like the stories or you're here because you are a client of hypnosis and past life regression or divine connection sessions, or maybe you are a potential future client, it's kind of entertaining <laughs> to see uh, the fears and the way we operate kind of from that facilitator standpoint. So my hope is you're kind of a nosy little freak like me. And even if it doesn't necessarily apply to you becoming a hypnotist someday if that's not of interest to you. I think you'll like it just because it's a little bit behind the scenes. And just like I think someone's a better hypnotist, a better facilitator of these sessions, if they continually, um, whatever that means for them, regularly engage in these sessions from the client chair, um, I think the same is true. If you're gonna be a client, hearing kind of the behind the scenes of a facilitator's point of view is just going to help you be even better at navigating the 
altered state of consciousness that is hypnotic trance. So listening to this, you might be able to kind of take some things, maybe alleviate some of your own fears or nerves, but you'll be able to take this information and hopefully apply it to yourself when you are doing an at-home hypnotic journey or the next time you are sitting in the client's seat. Because I don't think clients should feel scared about not seeing something or being stuck in the black or being afraid of what they're going to see. And if you can listen to this and alleviate some of those fears, it will help you in your own hypnotic journeying, whether you're doing it at home, alone, or doing it uh, with a facilitator you know, really in a customized session. So that's why I'm sharing it with you because I'm taking it out of context before I go into it. I just want to mention a few things. So um, one of the things that I talk about is client centered or client centered perspective on hypnosis and the idea of something being client centered, at least the way we teach it, even though I did not come up with that word, the way Sarah Leverett and I teach it is really to use the client's words, use the client's perspective, use the client's preferences and things that they want to strive for in the session. That is paramount. And so um, what we want to do is really take that into the session. And so what that means is if a client says they're scared or uncomfortable, tune into that, see if they need support. Sometimes when we're scared or uncomfortable or experiencing a lot of emotion, sometimes we just need the time and space to do that. And then the facilitator can, you know, just give someone the time and space to do that. And the facilitator is leaning on their own curiosity as they're completely present, leading this session and they're also relying on their own intuition in terms of like what questions can i ask next what things can we explore next really completely based in the intention that the client has set for the session and any questions that they want to cover so when i say client centered that's what i mean by that um other things that i want to mention is If you want even more information about the idea of like afraid of what you'll see in a past life, that can be found on episode 153 on pastlivesandthedivine.com or wherever you get your podcast episodes. Yes, so much more expansion on that topic and on that fear. Um, Some of the other things that I talk about is the idea of like deepeners. So I talk about, you know, if the client is kind of starting to wake up or becoming analytical, we use deepeners. And deepeners are small uh, sentences that you can say, things, visual things you can walk the client through, imaginative that you can walk the, imaginative ways you can walk the client through relaxing even deeper and sinking even more into the experience. If the experience is a conversation with a spirit guide, cool. If the experience is journeying through that space between lives, great. If the experience you're deepening them into is their past life memories that they're experiencing, however you want to do it, A deepener is something that we use for that. And a deepener script or using a script and finding your deepener scripts, a script in hypnosis is a planned out um, 
paragraph upon paragraph of the hypnotic journey that I'm going to bring the client through. So these are things that you can find in books, you can borrow it from other people, you can create your own. I think that's a really fun, creative thing to do. But the idea of a hypnosis script or a script is literally that. If you think of a guided meditation written out, that's the best way I can describe it, except it's not a guided meditation, it's a hypnotic induction. And there are a number of components that make hypnotic induction different than a guided meditation. And just one of those things is the hypnotic deepeners that we can use. So just some clarification on those. Uh, That lingo that we use, if you're unfamiliar with it, I just want you to know what that is. Um, Another thing before we get started, I want you to know that in a couple weeks, I'm going to release a podcast episode. I'm going to be taking a break from the podcast and from clients in the summer. I'll still be doing hypnotic arts. I'll still be working on kinship, and then I'll be ideaing and planning out kind of the rest of the year and maybe even some ideas for 2024 like within kinship for example so just want you to know that i have some listener questions i'm going to be sharing then so this is kind of a nice balance of hypnosis questions and then specific or hypnosis facilitator questions and then specific listener questions so you can look forward to that in a couple weeks okay gather around the fire for this recording of a piece of a class from the hypnotic arts training. Some common misconceptions about hypnosis are just that idea of like, I'm in charge, I'm hypnotizing you. And really I'm holding the space, I'm creating the journey and the client is allowing themselves to move into hypnotic trance and become very relaxed and move in there. So just to know that the client is empowered in that situation and who can be hypnotized. It is my belief and my experience that everybody can be hypnotized. And again, remembering like hypnosis, that hypnotic trance happens in that brainwave state right before we slip off to sleep. And so uh, everybody moves through that brainwave state if they sleep at night, you know, on the way there, on the way out. And so I really do believe that everybody can be hypnotized unless they don't want to, or they don't think they can, then that will certainly block it. But that's about it. If someone wants to do it, they can do it. Um, Eye fixation, clock, lights. um, Some people think that that's automatically you move into hypnotic trance, or that would be something that we would use to get you into trance. And while I know there are hypnotic ways to get people into trance using things like that, that's not something that we use. It's more, as you know, very slow, progressive relaxation, feels more like a guided meditation. Um, So clients might think they're, what if I wake up? Or facilitators might think, what if my client wakes up? What if they fall asleep? And just to know that they are awake, they are aware, they are alert when they're in hypnotic trance, they're just incredibly relaxed. Um, And just to know that if your client falls asleep, you will be able to tell, you might say their name, you might cue a question, you might cue something else, and it's just nothing. Like that you can tell there's no, there's just their whole face is slack, like they're sleeping. And in that situation, it's not something that's going to ruin the session. Even if someone were to get up in the middle of the session, it doesn't mean they're going to ruin the session. Um, Even if you fall asleep, you can easily effortlessly come back up 
and refocus. And most of the time, at least it's my experience that the client doesn't even know they fell asleep. And the same is true if they, even if they wake up and they're like, Hey, uh, every once in a while, a client will be like, um, Gina, can I go to the bathroom? <laughs> and that's totally okay. You know, um, I just cue them to get up and go to the bathroom like you normally do. And when you come back, you'll be able to ra- relax and just slip right into that journey where we left off. So it is something that can happen, doesn't happen a lot and won't affect the process or the session at all. Um, unless the client <laughs> doesn't want to do it and they're getting up to leave, then I guess that would affect it. Um, but that is their free will and out of our control, I guess. Uh, the idea that hypnosis is going to be this like quick fix, huge success, you know, like you're going to come out of here and know exactly what to do for the rest of your life. And you're going to be, you know, have all the riches that you could ever possibly want. And who knows, maybe that happens every once in a while, but that's typically not how it happens. Uh, Most of the time people come out feeling relaxed. Maybe they come out feeling a little bit lighter. Maybe they have a new perspective that gives them energy or makes them feel more at peace. Um, But in general, hypnosis and just the way it kind of sinks into our body, if we heal our bodies with it, or the way we kind of shift perspectives or beliefs in our subconscious mind Those things can take sometimes weeks for us to actually see the progress. Um, Another thing too, that I think is interesting, um, just like with the quick fix thing is that when we're working in hypnosis, we're working in that subconscious mind. So if you're working with someone's anxiety, say in hypnosis, it would be in that session that you're working on it, hoping to figure some things out, maybe practices, whatever the client has in mind, origin of this, of this issue. But just to know that when we make those changes in the subconscious mind, it's not a conscious change that we then have to continue to apply for the rest of our life. So we might pick up like um, tips or uh, ways to connect with our spirit guide that we consciously engage in on a regular basis. But in terms of the healing that happens, it's deep in the subconscious mind. So if someone were to be like, yeah, I didn't really get much from that session. Um, they might just be unaware of it because the changes that they that they went through during it or um, the changes that came because of it just felt so easy and effortlessly automatic as they moved through their life, as opposed to like, I'm going to use this breath technique to get through, you know, my road rage on my way home. Um, I'm not saying that doesn't work, but that's a very different strategy than working in hypnosis, making some shifts in your subconscious mind and then just moving forward with your life. Uh, So these changes just feel a little more automatic, a little more subtle. So sometimes people miss those. Um, And I like to add in hypnotic suggestions that they'll continue to learn and grow from this session, from whatever they gained in this session, the experience of this session. And they'll know it's because of the work they did in this session. And I do that because I think it's important on a healing journey to like reflect back and see how far we've come. And, um, And so I like to add that in there too. Um, Another misconception of like a fear of what will be seen in a past life, a fear of what will be seen in hypnosis, a fear of being hypnotized. And I think that um, that fear is very natural into, I always ask my clients, do you have any fears? Are you nervous about anything? Want to get anything off off your chest? And a lot of times people will just say, oh, I just have some nerves or people will say, I'm afraid I'm going to fall asleep or I'm afraid of what I'm going to see. And I think that those are all very common and just to hold space for it. And then to speak to what you know about hypnosis is that 
The subconscious mind is here to protect us. We are in control of this together. So if you're uncomfortable, we can always pull out and watch a scene like a movie on a movie screen. We can leave and, you know, leave it completely. We can leave that area and work on it, you know, through our memory or through some energy work in a different way. Um, so just to let them know that, yes, you're valid in your fears. It's totally normal and okay. And we are here to hold space and help you through it. Uh, the latest podcast episode, I believe that I just released is actually called afraid of what you'll see in a past life. And I really go deep into like that specific fear that people have. So if that is something that's interesting to you, or you want to listen to that, um, go ahead and listen to that. Cause I talk a lot more about that, but I think all of those fears and nervousness are nervousness is totally normal. And just to hold space for that. And just to let them know, like, we'll get through this together. I'm trained to, understand that, see that and help you through it. Um, misconceptions of hypnosis is like, I'm not going to be any good at hypnosis or I'm not good at hypnosis. And again, as long as we relax, just engage with what comes to mind, everybody can do this. And even if a client has a not great previous experience and they come to you and they're like, I'm a little nervous because Last time I did it, I felt like maybe I'm not good at it, you know, then you could always ask more questions. Why do you feel that way? What was that session like? And anytime I ask a question like that, they are like, well, actually from that session, I did get this and that, I guess I did get some things. So sometimes just jogging someone's memory, if they didn't have a great experience in hypnosis or didn't feel like they got a lot in their last session, um, like people will come to me and say that like, oh, I had a past life regression five years ago. And I don't know, I don't think I really got anything about it. So just really, if, if they think they're not going to be good at it and they've never had it, just remind them like everybody can be hypnotized. This is a brainwave state that we all have access to and we all move through it multiple times a day. Um, memory loss. Some people think they're going to go into hypnosis and completely not have any memory of what's going on. And Again, I want to hear that. If a client is worried about that, I want to know that. And the truth is, is like when we're in that hypnotic trance state, we are deeply relaxed. That doesn't mean we're sleeping. <laughs> it doesn't mean we're zoned out. Um, it might feel like that from time to time, depending on the scene. But in reality, our, our senses are heightened. Um, so we will remember it. But just like this class is two hours, say you do a two hour session with someone, you're not going to remember every single word that was said. You're going to remember the general gist of the things we covered, but there might be a sentence here or there that you forget or don't completely remember. And the same is true in a hypnosis session. The only time anyone says to me, and it's consistent, man, I listened to the recording and I didn't really remember the end part. And it's always the part where they're channeling what their spirit guides are saying. And I guess I call that channeling. If I ask someone's spirit guide a question, and they tell me the answer to that question, they are channeling the information from that spirit guide. And that's the only time. Um, and so sometimes with people, if you mention channeling, they're like, what? <laughs> so I always just tell people um, in that hypnotic trance state, your, your memory is there, it's intact, your senses are heightened, you're relaxed, but you will remember and in the case that someone's like, well, I don't remember this part, it's always channeling. Um, it's always when they're channeling. And not every client um, has that for sure. It's pretty rare that I hear that, but that's what I have for that. And then um, 
suggestions in conflict with the client's values. So if I, to me, this kind of goes with like the being out of control portion of it. Uh, this is another reason why I would, why I would suggest anybody going into hypnosis to do it with a hypnotist who helps you to feel um, safe, relaxed, like they're going to guide you well, you trust them, maybe you even like them a little bit. Uh, I think to me that that is really, really important. And we get around that because we do, or at least I'm, we are teaching you to lead with client, with a client centered approach. So even when a client is like, well, I'm, you know, can you add in some hypnotic suggestions about, you know, my work or feeling more confident to me, it's like, okay, well, tell me more about how does that feel for you? Suggestions that are in conflict with a client's values. If you're doing client-centered uh, hypnosis, it's all things that you've already talked about before. Um, and, and to know that, that like, if a suggestion is in conflict with what a client feels to be absolutely true, they're not going to absorb that suggestion, which is another reason why we want to use their words, why we want to use exactly what they think in their words um, in that. So just to know, like the way the subconscious mind works is if it's too far removed from what a client values or thinks is even possible, like they just won't even absorb it. So that's why we do client centered. Yeah. And then just, again, that feeling out of control. And a lot of times people, their experience with hypnosis is stage hypnosis, which I don't know a lot about that. It's, it's a different thing. It is hypnosis, but the technique is different. Obviously the sessions are very different. Uh, and I'm more uh, in the healing realm and getting a little entertainment there. So in that space, the way you've been trained to do hypnosis from us is really letting the client lead and really that client centered holding space for them, paying attention to their emotional reactions, asking them questions. What's behind these tears? Do you feel okay expressing that? Um, what's behind, you know, the heavy breathing? How are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling anxious or scared. Letting them know. Do you feel comfortable? Do you want to work through it? Do you want to go somewhere else? So like even reminding them during the session, that they are in control and we are helping them to navigate this space. Yeah. And really, I feel like all of these misconceptions, anything that a client brings to us, as long as we're grounded in like what we believe to be true about what's going on in these sessions, if we're relying on our own intuition, these things will be easily explained away um, just by you explaining the process. So just to know that, like you have this information, you're already getting session experience where you're kind of exercising that muscle. Um, but it really is about just like grounding yourself in all of the learning you've done, your beliefs, your values, your intuition, and just to know um, you can always lean us, lean on us too, like in the future, you know, we have a WhatsApp group for the alumni too. So in the future, after you graduate, after you're done with it, it is a place for you to continue to have those conversations because we're all learning and growing. You know, I think humans as a species is evolving, just the way we use our minds and our ability with our minds. And so we're all learning and growing in a sense. So to continue to like understand the misconceptions that people have and just to work to dispel those or at least explain them in a way that, you know, here's how I do it. Here's how I work with that. Here's why that's not an issue for us. You know, however, whatever it comes up for you. 
talking about referring clients, when we're thinking about referring clients, like if you can work with the client and you want to work with the client, work with the client. But sometimes there's a situation where we're not feeling totally confident. And it's a great time to lean on your peers and say, who would be a good fit for this client? And also to know that like, whether it's, we don't, you know, maybe it's a schedule conflict. Like we just can't get our schedules to line up something as basic as that, or maybe the needs are something that you feel like someone else could help them better. Or maybe you're just like, I'm not taking on any more clients. Or maybe you're like, I cannot work with someone like that. They remind me of my parent and it just sends me, you know, whatever we're all works in progress, but like that piece of really knowing, like, what do you need to do this work and to keep doing this work and to feel good in this work as long as you want to do it. And to know that, like, I just really like to put it out there, like refer clients if you feel like it's needed. And that's one of my things with um, the hypnotic arts training is like, Prior to this, I feel like I didn't know a lot of hypnotists. I feel like I, I want to know even more hypnotists from all different walks of life and different parts of the planet um, to continue that out. But that's one of the things I want to continue to create. Both Sarah and I are passionate about like creating that network so we can refer to each other and get referrals from each other just as we move on in the future, if that seems like a good fit for you. But something just to keep in mind there. Another thing I just really, really want to hit home is that when someone, and you all have had experience with this now, when someone is in that trance state, a lot of times they are experiencing, some people say up to four times what is actually coming out their mouth. Some people say if the experience they're having is like, ah, like 10% of it is coming out of their mouth. So just to know, like whether you're in person or over Zoom, uh, you can see when someone, if there's like a long pause or something like that, you can see if someone's like totally slack, mouth open, looks like they're sleeping, then maybe, you know, urge them to wake up, refocus, ask the question again, use their name. But sometimes there's a long pause and you can kind of see their faces like, <laughs> you know, you can see like there's there's stuff going on. And in that space, I always will say, just go with the first thing that comes to mind or just observe and let me know whenever it starts to make sense to you, you know, whatever's relevant to where we are in the session, but really, really to know that like those long pauses are okay. And some people really need them. Um, yeah. And just a reminder there, just to know that. And really, again, leaning on your intuition, like we can look at their body language we can, you know, understand maybe what kind of experience they're having by the little bit that they're sharing, but just to know like those pauses are okay. It's okay. All right. So some common questions, I guess, is like, how many sessions do I need? Uh, clients will often ask that. And I always just tell people I do it on an as needed basis. Like I do think these sessions are relaxing. I think they're fun. They also are a lot of work. So uh, can you do too many sessions? I don't know, but Sarah and Sarah Leverett and I are about to find out. <laughs> I don't know anyone who's been in the client chair more than me and Sarah. I think I'm like over 40 at this point, but um, so can you do it too much? I don't know. But what I think is like, before anyone does it too much, they're going to get like bored with it. It's a two hour session. It requires work. Uh, so that end, if anyone else has any specific experiences, I'd like to hear that.
but really I just recommend that people when they have an issue that seems like kind of keeps coming up, is there a common thread between your issues, then go into a session for that. And I recommend that people wait like a month, let the dust settle, see what kind of changes happen, see if the flavor of the issue changed, or maybe it's a different issue um, that comes in, but just to allow people that space and time. Now I say that, but like I've had people schedule sessions like back-to-back weeks or even like three months in a row once a month. And like, even though that's not how I would do it, I don't believe there's anything wrong with that. So that's just um, what I tell clients is like, you know, wait a month, see how it feels. And for the clients who like the couple clients who had like week back to back, like a session this week, a session next week, after their session, I always let them know like, hey, I see you have a session next week. Um, Just want you to know, like, you moved a lot of energy, or we really, you know, covered a lot today. So if you feel exhausted, and like, maybe you want to push the session out or reschedule it, just let me know. That's totally okay. Also totally okay. If you're up to do those sessions and no one has taken me up on the reschedule, which is totally fine. And all of those sessions went just fine. What if I see something that scares me again, the latest podcast episode, I talk more about that, but it's just that idea that the subconscious mind really is our best defense against um, being hurt and in this realm, especially. And then as the facilitator, the client-centered hypnosis that we do, it really is about being in tune with the client. If they seem like they're struggling, ask them what's behind these tears. How are you feeling right now? Do you want to stay here and move through it? Do you want to move somewhere else? So really just to affirm in them like, yes, um, you know, that is a valid fear and here's how we deal with it. What if I can't be hypnotized? What if I don't see anything? Again, for people who we already covered, what if I can't be hypnotized? Everybody can. And it's just a matter of getting relaxed. Um, And to know that if someone's coming to you for a session and they have this fear, just reminding them, all you have to do is relax and observe what comes to mind. Um, If I don't see anything, remember about our intuition, you know, the seeing is just one tiny part of the method of intuition that we all have access to. So if you don't see anything, well, are you feeling anything? Sensations in your body, temperature in your body, emotions, mood? Are you, if I say, um, do you want to go to a stairway or a door? Which one feels better to you? So there's all kinds of ways to move around that. And I think it's really important to let clients know that like, it's totally okay. If you don't see anything, um, it's a little bit of what I talk about to all my clients on the way in, like on the intake, it just kind of some housekeeping things. That's part of it. You might be visual. You might feel like a visual person. Not everybody gets visuals in these sessions and that's totally okay. So I'll be asking about how you feel, emotions, moods, thoughts about different things going on, your perspective on the different scenes, and it might not always be a visual. And I think that some people just need that reminder. We go through our life, most of us relying on our eyeballs. And so to navigate this unseen realm, this altered state of consciousness that we're not used to and not have our eyes can be very, or not have a visual can be very um, disarming to people. And I, I have compassion for that. And that's no place to stop. (laughs) Um, we can do so much more with our intuition than just get visuals. 
Okay. So for the hypnotist, if the client opens their eyes again, if they need to wake up, if they need to do something, opening their eyes does not mean they're out of trance. It doesn't mean the session's over. And actually, as we learned, like in the induction and script writing, sometimes opening their eyes and then closing their eyes can actually be a deepener. So if a client is sitting there with their eyes open and say they seemed like they're, I just actually had a client like this, say they, they had their eyes closed. And then like by the final scene, it's like, wait, are your eyes open? And in that situation, the client is moving along. It's totally fine. Um, I'm not going to say you need to close your eyes, but they were just open a slit. And I was like, well, look at that, you know, <laughs> but it was going good. But if they open their eyes and it's like this feeling of like, uh oh, they're kind of coming out of the session um, again. Let's just close your eyes. And anytime you close your eyes, your eyelids are going to be heavier and heavier with each exhale, effortlessly and automatically. Um, if the client says nothing or I don't know, you know, are you inside or outside? I don't know. What are you aware of? Nothing. Uh, if I get a lot of I don't knows, I will say you do know. Go with the first thing that comes to your mind. And if someone says nothing, I say we can get information in so many ways. Getting something visually is just one way we can get it. If you felt like there was a color around you, how would that feel? If you were focusing on yourself, what position is your body in space? Do you feel like you're floating? Are you sitting? Are you standing? Um, just to know, like, there are ways to move around that. And sometimes people will say, I don't get anything. You know, like, does anyone stand out to you in this crowd? And they're like, no, no one does like, all right. You know, sometimes they get nothing because there's nothing there. And sometimes they're really quick to say, I don't know, I'm not getting anything. And you'll feel that it's kind of this like flat, like they haven't even gone searching. And so just to know, uh, remind them, there are so many different ways we can get this information and just guide them through it. And you know that that's so natural. Like, you know that, you know that about intuition. You've been working with your own intuition. Many of you have been realizing, like, maybe I'm not visual or I'm not visual in hypnosis, which is a great way to learn, like through your own journey, which is really cool. Um, consciously thinking too much. If a client is continually answering questions, say, I say, are you inside or outside? And they say, um, I think I'm outside. Okay. Are you alone? Are you at home? I mean, this isn't how I answer the questions, but if they continually say like, um, I think this, or I don't know why I would be seeing this, but I remind them, we don't even need to analyze why you might be seeing something. We're here to get information. So just get the information, just say what comes to mind. If it doesn't make sense, if it isn't correct, we'll figure that out later, but just say what comes to mind. So really getting them back into that space of being more open to receiving that information as opposed to consciously figuring out why this is all coming together as it is. So a little bit further into class, we started to chat about Sarah and I, and the students started to chat about a recording that they were required to listen to before getting to this class. And it was a recording of different splices of different sessions, client sessions. Um, all of these clients have given consent to us sharing these recordings, but where it would be like a, a tricky situation for a hypnotist, like a client being stuck in the black or a client who's quote, not getting anything unquote. 
all of these things are a natural part of a session. It's my belief, but I do see how someone would be um, a little unnerved by that or made a little bit nervous if that happens to them in a session, especially for the students in the hypnotic arts who are just starting to facilitate these sessions. So that is what I'm getting into here. I'm sharing it because I think it's, I think if you have listened to a lot of Past Lives in the Divine episodes, and even if you're not a hypnotist, will never be a hypnotist, I think it's kind of fun to listen to. And to be honest, I think it is a craft and a skill to be able to navigate the altered state of consciousness that is hypnotic trance. So I think there is benefit. Like if you're someone who's interested in hypnosis, loves to take hypnotic journeys to discover more about themselves, the unseen realms around them, this is uh, something that can benefit you too, uh, just knowing how these things, how I navigate these things within this conversation could help you when you're journeying on your own at home. So let's get into this little bit of that conversation. It's nice when I can see them on video or if they were in the session, it like in the same room with you, but you can see when like they're processing things in their mind and you can see that look on their face. And so I give it a minute, two minutes, which can feel like an excruciatingly long time. Um, but after a minute or two, I'll say, what are you aware of now? You know, especially if it seems like they've really been thinking or whenever you're ready, just let me know anything you're aware of, even if it is just a color, a light, a shape. And then they might say something like, oh, a light, you know, how does that light feel? What's the color of that light? Is it white? Is it something else? And you can go into that, but um, to really just hang out and let those pauses be. And if you feel like, wow, they don't have the answer, but they're really working just to be like, yes, just allow it to come to mind. Just trust the first thing that comes to mind, just reminding them of like how to be a client in this session, which is so important. That's why you all are like required to be a client in this training almost as much as you're giving a session. So um. Yeah, another thing I wanted to point out about that first one was anytime a client is not getting information from their surroundings in the experience, whether it's a past life scene or in the life between lives or whatever, anytime they're not getting information about their surroundings, I shift the questioning to them. Where's your body in space? Like, even if you're floating in the black, are you like kicked back? Are you forward? Are you standing up? Are you sitting down? Like, they can feel a shift in their body, right? Like they can tune into their body no matter where they are. They're connected to their body for this life. Um, so just to know, like really shifting that focus, whether it's like physically, what kind of space are you in? <clears throat> or even their mood? What's the temperature of this light? Is it warm? Is it cool? Is it, you know, sparkly? Is it whatever? Um, but they can feel a lot too in these sessions. And this is sometimes when clients are stuck in the black, it's a great exercise in, all right, you're really going to get to know the knowing and the feeling part of your intuition and to just really get them to focus on themselves, whether it's like their physical, their physicality in that space, how they're feeling, their mood, body sensations, anything like that. Um, and it's from that information that then we can ask more questions and kind of get to the root of like, what's going on here? Where are we going? You know, what's blocking us if there is a block? Um, yeah. And just 
in a time where a client is struggling and you can see they're really trying to put it together just to remind them like this is totally normal, especially at the beginning of a session, just relax and observe. Eventually this information is going to come. And when it comes, it'll just come more and more and more easier and easier when they're sitting there. And when you can see them processing it, just reminding them, this is all a part of the process. Sometimes it just takes a little bit longer to get where we're going. And you might know something, you might feel something, it might not be visual, and that's totally okay. Um, so, and then the moment they give you a little something like a block or, ooh, it feels like I'm standing on a hinge. I think at one point she said, I'm focusing on that thing. We are not moving from that detail until you give me more. Like you give me one thing and we're going to hang on to it for a little bit and we're going to focus on it. And you're going to see that you can do this and you're going to feel that you can do this. So that's why it's like, it might've been a lot of like weird detailed questions about standing on a hinge, but it not only informs like my next step in the process, but it really helps that client like really grab on to whatever it is that they decided they were going to grab onto and like, yes, hold it. Like, let's focus on this for a little bit. So that's totally okay. And you might think like, these questions don't matter. You know, what color is the hinge? Are you standing on a seashell? You know, like, do you want to jump off the hinge? Like all of those things are necessary, but sometimes when we stop and focus on something little like that, it can feel like, oh, do these details matter? And it's like, yes, they do. Cause it's like proving to the client that like, yes, this is working. Yes, you're getting something. Continue to trust it. And over and over and over. Let's see. What else did I want to point out here? If the client is ever in a situation, so the fourth client in that recording, um, and I just had the fourth client, so I don't even know like the story behind it, specifically how they're lined up on that audio recording. But what I want to point out there of like, if the client is having an experience and they're not even sure why they're having this experience, um, just to let them know, like you'll get more and more information from this experience in the future. Um, it'll be clear to you why you had this experience and you'll be able to integrate that and use that information to help you in your daily life. Uh, I haven't had anything a situation as dramatic as this, but when I was going through training, my teacher Madonna shared something. I think I maybe shared it with you all, but um, like this client, part of the scene, she was like walking down a sidewalk with like a hammer and a popsicle or something. <laughs> She's like, I don't know why I would be walking down the sidewalk with a hammer and a popsicle in this past life scene. And it was really just like this weird blip. And then they went into a different past life scene and it was totally fine. And um, if you had a situation like that, where it was like, well, I don't know why we saw that. You don't even have to tell the client. I don't know why we're seeing this. You can just say, you will continue to learn and grow from this in the future. It'll make sense to you because I really do believe that. Um, and it was the case with this client that my teacher Madonna had that the moment they got home and like really relaxed, felt safe. You know, most of us are lucky enough to feel safe at home. Uh, she was able to like, Oh, it was like her mind immediately connected the dots, like on the way home. And when she got home and it was something about like really something really traumatizing in her past. And for whatever reason, her subconscious mind was like, this is all you're getting. And then she was able to kind of connect the dots later and connect the dots to her past life. All of that after the session stuff, I consider not really my business. 
Um, but I think it just for the purpose of the story to know that like, sometimes that can happen. Someone can have an experience, not really know what exactly how it applies to their life. And if that is the case, just to reinform them, like just that hypnotic suggestion of you'll, you'll be able to figure this out one day, it'll spontaneously come to you, it'll make so much more sense. And you'll be able to integrate the changes in your life or the new perspective into your life. Yeah. Oh, yes. And um, we had talked about it in WhatsApp. But the idea of like, when a client gets stuck, stuck in the black is oftentimes what they'll say. Sometimes people will be like, I'm stuck in the void, or sometimes it'll be a different color, like purple or blue or white, or I don't know, it's just a white light shining on me. Um, anytime someone is in that kind of space, there are so many ways to move them out wherever you're going, whether it's like in that transition time from past life to life between lives, eventually when we dig into that information, or maybe it's on the way to a past life, but there are all kinds of ways to get them from that space to where you want them to go. And for example, um, one of the clients in the tricky scenarios audio, it, they were floating in the black before they got into the past life scene. And it was like, do you see that spark of light? And then we get closer and closer and closer and it's earth. And now your feet are standing on earth and now you're in your past life scene. You know, what kind of ground are you standing on? What are you wearing on your feet? Um, so, and then, you know, progressing from there, but we have, if we go to, um, let me see here. Can you see this page? Are you still? Okay. So this is the class page for today. This is class eight, Tuesday, April 25th. And as always, I put the replay up here, but beneath that we have additional resources, scripts for navigating a tricky situation. I just want to show this to you all. So you go and download it. It's a PDF. Um, and if you come down here, so here's what we have, like for the table of contents of this, we have uh, just a little bit about tricky scenarios and people getting stuck, just my perspective on that. And then the scripts for getting people away from being stuck. Sometimes I think I hate using the word stuck, but everyone uses it. So whatever, you get the point. But I don't think it's necessarily that they're stuck. I think it's just a part of their process especially when it's like on the way to the life between lives or on the way to a past life. I think it's just part of their process, whatever that means for their soul and their ability to engage with the session and what comes in in the session. So just to know that in this PDF, we have scripts for if they're stuck in the black or any color or any space that they feel like they can't get out of, or, or that's just kind of like void of details for us to grab onto and go with. And then in that, um, in that black, the way I get a client out of the black, as you heard, is to be like, there's a spark of light. Let me know when you see it. And if a minute or two goes by and they don't see it, I say, sometimes the spark of light is behind us. So if you turn, you will see a spark of light. It's a hypnotic suggestion. And everyone goes, oh yeah, I see it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like always amazed at like the hypnotic suggestion of it. It's like, oh, damn, that was easy. So if they don't, if they don't engage with the spark, if they never see the spark, um, then I have two scripts for you to kind of meander if they don't see that. So different things that you can do for that. And then we have a script for if there's unhelpful, mischievous, malevolent, or questionable beings that show up in a session, 
just things to say to them, uh, things to keep in mind, and then just a script for if we're calling in the guides. And then we have additional open-ended curious questions um, all the way at the bottom, which I'm going to scroll down there just so you can see, just so you can see these. Um, here is a list of them. I have them on the next slide of the presentation too, but just to know, like it's in this PDF, go download it, save it to your stuff, print it out, whatever it is. But it's a really nice one to have because you can just kind of skip around to like, if there is an issue, you can just go to that page and read that script and get creative from there based on whatever the client um, experiences once you go through that script. So, okay, more, more, <laughs> more things to use. Uh, when a client gets stuck in any way, even if they're in a scene and they're like, go to a new scene and they can't figure it out, or maybe they feel like you feel like maybe they open their eyes and you're like having a difficult time getting them back in. That's never happened to me. But in the worst case scenario, turn to your deepeners, like type a few out, keep the hip scripts book near, but turn to your deepeners. You can use those at any time in a session that you feel like you need it anytime. And you can even queue it up as like, if they're stuck, not getting a lot of information and you're like, oh damn, what am I going to do? Say, we're just going to be here and relax deeply here. Sometimes people just need a little more relaxation before we move on. So just, I'm going to have you be quiet and know that with each moment of silence with each breath, you're going to go deeper and deeper relaxed. And then I would hit my mute button, turn to the deepeners page, pop it open in a, like 30 seconds or a minute, and then do another deepener and then like transition them to the next scene, or maybe try a different technique from the tricky scenarios, um, scripts, depending on what you, what situation you're in. Um, and to know, like, we can always transition away from a past life, we can transition to a different space of spiritual guidance, we can transition to a healing room, the garden of the guides, anywhere to talk to their guides or ascended masters or whoever. Um, and just to know that you can always imagine like a hallway. All right, imagine yourself standing at the beginning of a hallway. At the end of the hallway is a door. On the count of five, you're going to move down this hallway, through that door, and into a past life. Or down this hallway, through this door, and into the Garden of the Guides. Or into your room in the Akashic Records. Or into the Hall of Knowledge, wherever you're going. Um, but you could do that. You could have them float or imagine themselves there. It really is up to us to like get creative in that situation. And I just think the more we hear about it, the more we think about it, the more likely we are to easily, effortlessly, and automatically pull out this, these techniques um, when we're in that situation with clients. Um, you can always explore that stuck space. Um, you can always just ask open-ended questions, curious questions about the space itself. If there's a light that they can see that's shining on them, maybe ask them questions about that light. There is so much that we can do in terms of like asking questions about their external environment and their internal environment. Um, yeah, and if for some reason they're just like not going anywhere, one of the things that I like to do in a session is if someone comes with an intention, I really like to get to like, say they're like, I just want to release all of this guilt that I feel or pressure or perfectionism, or I want to step into my, um, you know, confidence, whatever. I'll often ask questions of just like, and say you were able to do that. 
how do you envision yourself feeling? And so then I kind of know like why they want to tackle that issue and what's on the other side for them. And so maybe they're like, oh, I just want to get, you know, feel more confident. And maybe it's like, well, if you were, say you had all the confidence, what would that mean to you? And it'd be like, well, I'd trust myself. Making decisions would be easier. I wouldn't feel as fearful on and on and on. And then that way too, I know, oh, they want to trust themselves. So we could do like, what can we do to help you with that intention statement. And it could be even like regressing to a current life memory that holds the first time that you felt that way or a time where you felt that was taken away from you. So there are many different things we can do. And I just want you to know, we're spending so much time on like tricky scenarios and stuff. And it's such a small percentage, at least from my point of view, of the client situation. So if you're feeling like, oh my God, this is a lot, yeah, it is a lot. And it's probably never going to feel this much again. But just to know and trust, know that everybody can do this, know that you have the skills, the knowledge, the abilities, the experience to do this. And when it comes to asking those open ended questions, really think like, lean into your own curiosity, lean into your own intuition on like, okay, so they're floating in the black. We want to get to a past life. What would be a really creative way to do that? You know, that's something that we can think of if we just take a beat and breathe through it, know it's a part of the process and just um, really lean into your curiosity of what's going on and how you're going to get to where you're going to go, knowing that you will go somewhere and get something and really leaning, leaning into your intuition when it comes to the types of questions that you want to ask. So let me add a little more context to what you just listened to. Like I said, it was taken a piece of recording from one class within the hypnotic arts training. And right now what I want to go over with you is just kind of the different things that we teach and how they show up. And while Sarah Leverett and I, who are co-creating and co-facilitating this training, we do, after every cohort of students, we are you know, consistently trying to figure out what works best for the students, what works best for their learning. And so while the topics won't change, um, the way we present them might change. But the way it is right now, we have 15 classes. So live classes where we meet. That's in addition to the first time we meet, which is orientation, where we go over just the online portal where they can access replays, download scripts, any other information that they need for the training and learning and understanding how to facilitate these sessions are all found on a membership platform. So it's a really easy, convenient way for students to be able to learn and continue to just, you know, anything like listening to demo sessions, listening to a group of demo tricky scenarios like they did prior to the recording you just listened to. All of that is a part of it. So to start off in the first couple of classes, we really go into just the basics about clinical hypnosis. So clinical hypnosis tends to be more directive in terms of the client will show up, say what they're working on. As the hypnotist, we create hypnotic suggestions along with a hypnotic induction. So we bring the client through the hypnotic induction. It, it maybe feels a lot like a guided meditation, except there's some specifics that we add to get clients 
not just deeply relaxed, but deep rela- deeply relaxed and into that hypnotic trance. It's in that space that then we share those hypnotic suggestions that we work on with the client. So session one is all about a little bit about the history of hypnosis and then kind of the nuts and bolts of clinical hypnosis and more directive hypnosis. Non-directive hypnosis is what you listen to and what you hear in the past life regressions that I share on this podcast. So non-directive is just simply instead of me bringing you into a hypnotic trance and then sharing hypnotic suggestions, planting them in your subconscious mind and bringing you back, which is directive. Non-directive is I bring you into a hypnotic trance and I'm asking you questions. And based on your answer to those questions and based on your intention for the session and what you want to explore in this session, then I am them creating hypnotic suggestions and continuing to bring you on this hypnotic journey for your continued customized, unique to you learning um, in reflection or in not only learning, but then also um, how to integrate those things effortlessly and automatically into your own life. So that's kind of the difference there. The second session, the second time we meet, we really cover empathy and intuition. Both Sarah Leverett and I talk about why intuition is such a key factor in being able to lead these sessions. And you can learn or hear more about that. Sarah Leverett and I talked about it on the podcast, and that is episode 139, Using Intuition and Being a Hypnotist. It's a really, really important part of the training in our experience, and that's the way we teach it as well. And many of us who come to this work are empaths, whether we were born highly sensitive or just the the way our perspective growing up or the way life showed up for us as we were, you know, growing into an adult can sometimes make us into an empath. And what we mean by that is someone who is sensitive to and able to read and understand and feel other people's emotions. So it's really important if that's who you are to be able to understand that in your own way and then be able to, you know, implement boundaries, just some things to keep in mind. So that is why it's in the second session, because it is a foundational piece of what is at play in these sessions. And that is the facilitator, their sensitivities and their intuition. For the third session, we really dig into script writing. So hypnosis scripts, like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, it's really just a typed out story, a typed out hypnotic journey that allows us to relax and speak the client into that hypnotic trance. I encourage everybody to use a script. I always have a script on hand. I'm doing this for hundreds and hundreds of sessions for five years. I. I could do it without a script, but I always have them on hand just in case I really want to be intentional with my words and something is escaping me at the moment. It's nice to have all of those ideas there for all the different ways a session can go. So we talk about what goes into a hypnotic script and how to write them. And then we also talk about just that hypnotic trance voice. You know, it's if I'm talking to you like this, if we were in hypnotic trance, I would be talking to you like this so you could become deeper, deeper relaxed. 
So in that session, that third session when we meet, we're really also diving in. It's kind of awkward sometimes when you're first starting out. So it's nice to be able to practice that in kind of a closed container with other people who are maybe feeling the same emotions as you are. The fourth class, session four, and session five, we really dig into past life regression there. So we have kind of like a past life regression where it's the foundation of it, the history of it. What are we doing when we're doing a past life regression? Are we going back in time? Are we digging into the collective conscious of consciousness of memory, of life, everything that ever was, is, or will be? So we go through the theories of past life regression, the history of it, and then the foundational pieces of actually running that session, which includes not only the anatomy of it, but the different scripts we use, um, different open-ended curious questions that we use. So total, we have five hours of teaching time on just past life regression. And that's how we kick it off because then the next two classes, classes six and class seven of the hypnotic arts training, we're really digging into that past life regression practice. And when I say practice as a facilitator and as a teacher of the hypnotic arts training, I think it's just as valuable to practice facilitating as it is to practice being the client. We are leading clients on a journey in these unseen realms. And it is very important that we have some sort of understanding of what they're going through. And we get that by being the client and then sharing stories. So these classes are really about swapping those sessions and then just bringing to the table and up for discussion within the class about like what was scary, what went well, do you have any questions, did anything make you particularly sweaty that you want to talk about? And that's, so those classes, the classes where we're learning the techniques, the foundation, and then actually swapping the session. In addition to that, clients have required reading that they are clients. Students have required reading to do about the modality and the different types of things you can do in past life regression. And clients are doing two practice sessions on their own with people in their own life, whether it's a friend or maybe they work with clients in other ways and they can maybe offer a free session to them. Another thing too, if a, if a student doesn't have anybody to swap with, then they can lean on Sarah and I and we can tap hypnotic arts alumni to come join and, you know, swap a session or we can find someone in our own orbit. And then session eight is all about kind of tricky scenarios as a facilitator. And you heard part of that class. We go prior to that class, clients have listened to audios of tricky situations within sessions that I've completed with clients. And we dig in even more into client fears, facilitator fears, and then we also do a quick review of everything we've already covered. So session eight is really about reviewing the, and digging into new tricky stuff. A part of this too, the students are getting scripts from Sarah and I, from the hypnotic arts training on how to move clients through these tricky scenarios, like being stuck in the black or maybe even encountering a malevolent or mischievous energy that's not helpful at all. We cover so much. Um, so it really is just a nice space to kind of pause, reflect on everything they've learned and gone through with past life regression, learning and practice and being the client, and then also digging into, um, 
even more tricky scenarios that can come up. In class number nine, session nine, we dive into the life between lives modality and the spirit connection, divine connection modalities. The way I see it is divine connection sessions, spirit guide sessions, higher self sessions, um, meeting with and connecting to ancestors sessions, moving into the life between lives, those kind of sessions, those are all different ways to use everything that the students learn to conduct a past life regression session. So we're taking the script creating, the script reading, we're taking the different um, modalities and different ways to transition clients through the different past life memories, or maybe you're transitioning them from one place in the space between lives to another space. Maybe you're talking to a spirit guide and you want to transition and talk to a higher self. All of those foundational skills needed to conduct a space between lives or life between lives session or a spirit guide session or divine connection session, we've already learned those. So it's about reviewing that and then teaching the students just the different ways how you conduct those sessions, kind of the anatomy of those types of sessions, and then ideas for many, many different ways that people can run those sessions. And then in class number 10, it's a practice. So um, historically, Sarah has been the one to lead a divine connection session. So really just practicing what we have learned, um, just a new way to apply the skills and the techniques that they've already learned into that session. So then they can sit and just absorb what that session is like to watch it, watch the facilitator, watch the client. It's a really cool way to like immerse themselves into it, just another way of learning, another way of observing these sessions. Class number 11, that class is all about presentations. So throughout the hypnotic arts training, students have two kind of big presentations or big projects that they need to work on. And the first one is the exploration project. So one of the things that we Sarah and I are both really, really passionate about is how much we can do with hypnosis. And one of the reasons why I created the hypnotic arts training with Sarah Leverett is because there are so many things you can do with hypnosis and I don't have the time or sometimes even the interest to do it, but I want people to be doing it. So the exploration project is really a time for the students to everything they've learned about empathy, intuition, clinical hypnosis, script writing, conducting these sessions, past life regressions, spirit guidance sessions, etc., etc. They're also learning all the different ways and tangents and avenues that we can go down with hypnosis. And so many people, many students might be working with clients in one capacity and hypnosis is just like another skill, another service they're going to just like bring into the fold of what they're already doing with clients. And so maybe they're already a therapist and they're going to add in some hypnosis or maybe they're a coach, a life coach or a psychic coach or um, someone who already works with clients. They might have their own spin on how they're going to bring hypnosis into their uh, services or what they're 
working in ways that they're working with clients. So the exploration project is like, what have you heard about? What is interesting to you? And tell us where you're thinking you're going to kind of, you know, what's a little niche of hypnosis that you're exploring that you want to learn more about. And so really it is just a time for students to come and they take about 10 minutes each and we go through and it's like, what are you exploring? How do you think you might use this? What other questions do you have? And it's really a time for people to just share all the different ways that they're using hypnosis. And as a facilitator, as the teacher, it's so fun to see all the different ways people kind of braid them together, whether it's like color therapy and hypnosis or Reiki and hypnosis or yoga and hypnosis, astrology and hypnosis, you know, counseling, talk therapy and hypnosis, mediumship and hypnosis. I mean, there, there are so many ways and it's so fun to see it. So the exploration project is really just to show us in some sort of organized way, like how are you exploring this? And it's so much fun to watch. Okay, so the 12th class, we dig into entity removal, remote entity removal. Uh, even we talk about to the extremes of like depossession. So we can use hypnosis to scan, communicate with, understand, and help remove or transition any sort of entity that we don't want around us, whether it's an entity in your home, maybe it's within the neighborhood that you frequent a lot, it's just something that you feel, maybe a client comes in and they have an entity attached and it comes up in a session. So we go through all of that. And knowing that entities and the idea of like possession and stuff like that can be incredibly scary to people, we also, we not only talk about like what's going on, what power we have as a human, how to facilitate a session like this um, as a facilitator, and not only those things, but also like how to handle these conversations with clients. Because if a client has an entity, it's not going to do a lick of good if I scare the shit out of them and say, oh, I think you have an entity. Or like, oh, I think maybe that was a, you know, an extraterrestrial encounter. And so it's really about kind of using our empathy and our intuition and showing up in these conversations with people and holding space for them and making them feel safe in situations where maybe we do need to do a little entity removal. I used to be incredibly scared in these situations, like it was my worst fear. And when I went through a hypnosis training where we really talked about like possession, haunting, entity removals, clearing spaces, it really, really woke up like in me what's really going on here and how much power I have as a human in the third dimension and what my free will means in those spaces. And it has alleviated so much fear in me. And so we talk about not only how to do this, but then how to approach it gently, carefully, tenderly, so we don't scare a client and to really empower them to feel uh, all the power that they have in this situation, because that is the truth and that is our way through. Session 13, we, uh, we go into kind of the business side of hypnosis. Now, I am not a business expert. I am not, um, I am not a hypnosis in business expert even, but I personally have been running my own uh, LLC since 2009. And before that, I was an entrepreneur, always doing work on the side, even when I was like an employee 
uh, with an employer. So what I like to share in this is things that I would see when I would do a hypnosis training uh, before I had my own training. I would see a lot of hypnotists and even in the wellness industry, even when I was going to massage school, I would see people who would come out with these skills and they're so good at doing these sessions and then they wouldn't do it because they were waiting for their website to be done or they wouldn't do it because they just couldn't figure out how to get clients to pay them and schedule the session or they just like didn't even know where to begin about like how do I make this a business? And so while I don't consider myself an expert and I truly believe that everyone's business journey is unique to them, um, it's one of the many reasons why we teach intuition as a part of this training. And that intuition piece also comes in when you're making decisions about your business. Yeah, so it's really just a way for us to share what are some good starting points if you are starting from zero. And if you already are someone who offers services to people, maybe you already have a website, maybe you already have your process for collecting payment and scheduling clients, then maybe it's just you're working on like how you're going to describe this on your website. Or if you don't have a website and you want a website and a podcast, maybe you are thinking about that. So Sarah and I just really share like what was helpful for us on our journey of creating a business and then just some other things that I've learned along the way. So class number 14, we dig into shadow work and Sarah Leverett has done a lot of training on being a facilitator of shadow work sessions. She facilitates a lot of shadow work sessions and specifically with a shadow work session that we talk about here, it's about really taking something that is difficult for the client to get over, something that's really weighing heavy on them or making them feel like it's getting in the way of like joy, happening, happiness, love, connection, belonging and really digging into that in all the different ways that we can do a specific shadow work session. And of course, what we're doing is taking all the skills, all the techniques that we've learned throughout the entire course and just rearranging them into a different type of session. So it's great practice, it's great learning again, and it's a new technique of how to do a shadow work session. And then our final class together is class number 15. And this is a presentation class again, where the students take 10, 15 minutes and tell us about their niche. So we call this the niche presentation and it doesn't have to be this way. It does not have to be this way, but the way we um, put it together was that people would share their exploration project, like I already described, and maybe from the exploring that they do, they figure out their niche within hypnosis. So maybe they're like, yeah, my niche is yoga and hypnosis, or my niche is massage and hypnosis, or my niche is, you know, teaching people how to work out and hypnosis, whatever it is, or maybe their niche is past life regression. I mean, I could say that would be my niche, but it's really about taking all the things we can do in hypnosis, everything that they've learned, and then saying for right now, where do you want to focus? And it's not that they can never change. It's not that they can never add to it. But when we're starting a new endeavor, like leading, facilitating hypnosis sessions, it's good to at least have the next step in mind 
And then you can always change, you can evolve, you can adjust it, you can move on to something completely different within hypnosis if they want it. But it's just a really cool space for us to kind of see where they're going and what they plan on doing with it. Sometimes people show up and they just talk. Maybe they already have a website, they're just adding it to it, they're telling us how they're doing it. Sometimes people show up and they're like, I just created my website since our business class. And some people show up and they say, I'm creating a podcast and here's what I'm going to do. Here's my recording schedule or I've already started recording. It's limitless, but it's so fun to see. And to me, I just get so much satisfaction seeing people go from like, I'm just simply interested in this to class 15 when they're like, here's my website and I'm doing a podcast too, or here's my Instagram where I'm gonna educate people on this, or here's what I'm writing on my website to offer this service to people. It's a really, really nice like way to, I don't know, it's just, it's not even full circle. It's just like such a cool evolution to be a part of. So like I said, um, this ebbs and flows with each training. This is what we're doing in this cohort of students. We will be doing another cohort for the hypnotic arts training. And if you're interested in that, go to the uh, hypnoticartstraining.com or you can click the link in the show notes. Definitely, if you're interested, put your name on that email address. We'll be opening registration sometime June, July-ish. We're still kind of nailing down a few different things. But in the meantime, get your name on that email list if you're interested in hearing more. All right, everybody, that is it. That is our episode for today. Thanks so much for being here. And as always, take anything that makes your load feel lighter and just leave the rest.